the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Welcome to Heart of the City. I'm your host, Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry here at 820 AM The Word. Thank you so much for tuning in. On this program, we highlight churches, nonprofit organizations, and ministries to hear stories about what God is doing right here in the Pacific Northwest. It's always one of my favorite and most amazing things when I hear stories of how people are connecting with the ministries that are featured here on Heart of the City. Today in the studio, I have a special guest. I am proud and excited to have Love Spinks-William Jr. here in the office Uh, We're talking about Love and Unity Seattle, an organization that's coming together to bring food and fellowship just to your door, helping you to plug in with people all around you. Thanks so much for being in the the studio today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Adrian. It's my pleasure to be here. Now, before we talk about your story with Jesus, I'd love for you to share a little bit just for our listeners about uh, Love and Unity Seattle. We'll talk about that later on also in the program, ways that people can get plugged in. But uh, just before we get there, could you tell us a little bit about Love Love and Unity Seattle, how would you describe it to somebody who's just getting to know you? Absolutely. So Love and Unity Seattle is an organization that um, was, it essentially it started out of my story. It started from me having my experiences and realizing connections are absolutely important. They're mm-hmm. imperative to one's growth. Love and Unity Seattle is about absolute connections. Mm-hmm. We never know who our um, answer prayer is. We might need a babysitter or a, a hairstylist or a lawyer, mm. and they might be right next door to us. So it's about faith, mm-hmm. fun, fellowship, and bringing cultures together, bringing people together mm-hmm. for love and unity. I love that. You know, that is definitely something that we need uh, here in the city. You know, a, a way for us to connect with each other that, that goes beyond those those boundaries that I think we sort of set up. To come together uh, unified by faith and love, I think, uh, is a tremendous way to to cross those boundaries. What I love about church, um, the church that I'm a part of, I'm a part of a small group community. And, uh, you know, there are some people in my community group that I'm like, I would never talk to you. (laughs) If if we weren't unified together in Jesus, in the church, uh, you know, there's uh, some folks that are like, you know, executives of, you know, these sorts of things. I'm like, we would never cross paths, you Mm -hmm. know. But we're unified by something that goes sort of beyond those borders. And I, I really love that. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, about uh, all the ways that people can get plugged in yes. to Love and Unity Seattle. But before we get there, I'd love to hear your story, your journey with Jesus, and how did you end up where you are today uh, ministering in this way? Absolutely. So essentially, I, as I said before, I'm originally from Philadelphia. And what I had done was um, decide to bring my children, my family to a new place, a new territory, um, uh, something that would force us out of our comfort zone. I had suffered a loss that really took me aback, and I needed to 
pretty much reinvent mm-hmm. myself to figure out where I was going, what's going on. And um, with my children in tow, I ended up here mm-hmm. in Washington State. I had a friend tell me, you seem like a Seattleite. And I was like, well, okay, well, do a little research. <laughs> so I never, I had never come here, never mm-hmm. set foot out here. I knew that the Lord placed me here for purpose. Yeah. I knew that he, um, my, my voice was important here. Didn't understand how or why. Yeah. But um, essentially... My walk with Jesus, it started when I was deeply in despair. Mm-hmm. Um, I was right at home, and it was around the time of the um, the fall of the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a really heavy time mm-hmm. in America. And, you know, you could feel the the wave of, of weight, uh, grief mm-hmm. in the atmosphere. And I was certainly grieving. And I was just ready to give up. I said, you know, Lord, I don't know what to do. I didn't have any children at the time. I was 20 years old and I had moved away from home to Atlanta, Georgia. And I just was I was done. I said, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I lost my mother at two years old. So I was kind of going through, you know, um, with that. And um, my father um, being a great man, he just didn't really know how to minister to me, which mm-hmm. is typical. You know, not everyone knows how to minister yeah, in yeah. that situation. Um, but he he certainly was there, you mm-hmm. know, 100% to just push me forward and help me go. Mm-hmm. So I um, told the Lord, I said, you know, just I just please take me, you know, take me in my sleep. Just stop my yeah. heart, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I always had a sense of of. God in my life, my grandmother and everyone, we went to church and Mm -hmm. my father has incredible stories of faith. Oh, Mm -hmm. my goodness. Man, they're incredible. (laughs) But um, so I had, you know, the best of both worlds, um, walking it, living it, seeing it, um, Mm -hmm. seeing the Lord work in miraculous ways and then being in the service and fellowshipping with the Mm -hmm. people. So at that point when I was 20, I said, you know, the scripture says, uh, seek and you shall find. Knock yeah. and the door will be open and yeah. ask and it shall be given. So I asked. I asked and asked for days and days and finally woke up one day and said, listen, I don't know what you want from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to <laughs> do. I'm not going to hurt myself in a physical way. I will pray and yeah. ask the God of life himself mm-hmm. to do something that I'm asking. He said it'll be given. Mm-hmm. So I asked and he said no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, um, I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. Well, you take this life and you do it for me. Yeah. So we are, we also understand the scripture that says, um, it is not I who live, mm-hmm. but it's Christ who lives in me. In the yeah. life I now live in the flesh, yeah. I live by the faith of the Son of Amen. God. Amen. So I, I didn't realize that at the time, but I just said, here, take this life and you do what you want with yeah. it. I went on the terrace and attempted to sing a song and ended up rededicating my life to Christ. Wow. You know, he really took over yeah. and I began to pray and just... Tell the Lord that I'm sorry. I apologize for even asking to be extinct when Hmm. he has such purpose for me and I have no clue what it is, but I'm ready to go on this journey because I'm sold out. You know, I I really love that because, you know, thank you for being so honest. I'm just thinking of our listeners out there who might feel the same way. Absolutely. You know, I think God meets us in our deepest uh, senses of despair when Mm -hmm. we just don't know what to do. And, you know, the Apostle Paul says as much in his letter. He says, it would be better that I go to be with the Lord. 
And then he says, but guess what? I'm mm-hmm. still here. That's right. <laughs> you know, I've still That's got right. work to do. My, my, uh, in, it, my, part of my story, my older brother passed away of uh, cancer at mm-hmm. the age of 23. He just turned 23. I was 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had, a similar, I had a similar feeling where I said, okay, my brother's gone. He was really clo- we were really close together uh, in age and in, you know, in our relationship. And, and, you know, my brother's gone, but I'm, you know, for some reason, we can't explain these things, but God still has us here on the planet. And so, you know, yeah, I, I just really appreciate your, uh, your candidness in that because I think that's just an experience, uh, a feeling uh, that we all feel at, at times. And, yeah. you know, I think in those moments, God can really show us the future that he has in store. Uh, that's sometimes just not what we expected. So, <laughs> yeah, from there, could you just maybe share with us then how did you get uh, maybe a, a sense of getting into uh, more of ministry aspect and things like that? Absolutely. So once I was able to see myself through God's eyes and to realize that I belonged here, even though just like you, my mother, when she passed, she was actually eight months pregnant with my little brother. So I wanted to develop this relationship with the Lord. Hmm. So I did what anyone should do, which is study to show yourself approved. And I began to read about the Lord. And I realized I have a love for the Word of God. I love to ingest it, loved it, and just continue to stay in the Word and realized that, you know, through my testimony, um, so many people had been delivered. So many people, you know, had begun to tell me just how important it, my voice is. And I was like, oh, okay. And you know how the Word says, you know, don't exalt yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, go sitting in that seat and then you're have to be told to get back down. Mm-hmm. You know, as I begin to grow in the love and admonition of the Lord, I'm seeing myself through his eyes and I'm like, hey, you, you got something going on here, Father. This is pretty wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I love myself more and more and more and more, which made me want to plug myself into these great places. And not to mention my most precious cargo, my children, mm-hmm. my word. When he gave me my first child, when he gave me, you know, my other children, I was like, man, this love here is just it's it's immense. You can't beat it. So um, I realized that I love to raise them, too. Yeah. And I wanted them to have what I have, which is a love fellowship with the Lord mm-hmm. and to understand that, you know, if, if your father or mother, if I should perish, because, again, having to suffer that at a young age makes you think, well, I want to make sure that they have what they need. Yes, Because true. In, if, in the event that something happens to me, I want them to be able to thrive. Yeah. Don't have the experience that I had. Yeah. Because, you know, that was something, yeah. you know, to try to figure out in my way here in this life. Mm-hmm. And um, so I began to pour into them. And of course, pouring into them, like the Bible says, we're first partakers mm-hmm. of the word that comes from us. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I had a, a woman who her name is um, Kathy Butler, mm-hmm. Pastor Kathy, Kathy Butler. She said, you are anointed and I'm going to anoint you for service mm-hmm. and you're going to get your license mm-hmm. so that you can be released to do God's work. It's time, especially after suffering the loss that I had suffered Mm -hmm. um, and getting through, realizing that it was uncanny the way I went through. Because, you know, most most Christians, you know, we we are Bible toting, scripture quoting. Mm -hmm. But when everything falls apart, Mm -hmm. some have a tendency to say, Lord, where are you? As opposed to saying, I know you're with me. Yeah. Just show me you're here yeah. and I will suffer with joy mm-hmm. 
unspeakable, even in this amount of grief. Yeah, and true. a lot of times that that deepest place of pain is where your highest place of praise and worship is, mm-hmm. and that's what I found. Yeah. So after Pastor Kathy Butler realized what God had done in me and through me, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, because all I, like I said, when I was 20, I said, listen, Lord, you do what you want with this life. Mm-hmm. I don't care, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and um, so she noticed, and she, she still, to this day, is my spiritual mother, and she leads me. Um, so... She anointed me, and I got my license, and I'm connected with um, Tabernacle of Praise mm-hmm. International um, Churches, mm-hmm. and the base is out there in Florida, mm-hmm. so Ocala, Florida. But moving forward, mm-hmm. that's when I begin to recognize mm-hmm. my journey is more than I had ever realized, yeah. and I also wanted to make sure that my children didn't suffer. Yeah. Like you know, a lot of preachers' kids, you know that whole yeah. thing. Um, they're they're missed, and then everyone else is taken care of. It's like no, I wanted to always make sure I ministered to my very first ministry, yeah. mm-hmm. and honestly, the care, concern, and love and devotion I have for my children mm-hmm. is honestly what propelled me forward so much. So yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. You know, I love that you are uh so in tune with that realization that that everyday life is ministry. Mm-hmm. I love the way you answer that question, you know. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh dads and moms, you know, kind of go through the these moments of like, you know, what am I doing with my life because you you might see a preacher, you might see a, an evangelist doing all these amazing things for God, a missionary. And you think, well, I, I can't go to the other side of the world. I've just got my kids here. And it's like that is I you hit that right on the head. Mm-hmm. That is the ministry that God has entrusted to some of us, not to everybody. You know, but to some of us who are blessed with kids, you know, that is that ministry that that God is entrusting to us. So I love the way that you put that together. And for our listeners out there, if you're listening to us right now, you're like, what am I tuning into? I am so excited you're listening to Heart of the City. Uh, I've got a really special guest here in the studio, Love Spinks Wilmer Jr. We're talking about Love and Unity Seattle. And if you'd like to get plugged in with Love and Unity Seattle, you can go to the website loveandunityemerald.city. That's loveandunityemerald.city. If you go to that website, you're going to get plugged into all the things that are happening. You can also find them on Facebook. Uh, feel free to just go to the social media, type in Love and Unity Seattle. I know you're going to be blessed when you find out what's happening right here in our city. Well, Love, I, I'd like to continue our conversation. Uh, what are some ways Love and Unity Seattle is connecting people together here in our city? Absolutely. So one of the ways is um, through... Right now I'm working with one community, an apartment community called The Promenade. And what I do is come in and I have, I host workshops. I am pretty well-rounded in work and everything. So I'm a real estate agent. I'm also a licensed real estate uh, broker. I am also a licensed insurance agent. So I have a lot of education there. And I also have a travel agency. Um, So, and that's through IntelliTravel. Essentially, what I do is promote entrepreneurship Mm-hmm. Um, workshops. I have uh, that's entrepreneurship and training, mental health awareness and solutions, financial wellness and the building of generational wealth and overall wealth building strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We do parental and caregiving support group, arts and crafts, community watch, book clubs. These are just workshops where I I come to your community. I use your clubhouse there, mm-hmm. and we have fun. Again, faith, mm-hmm. fun, and fellowship mm-hmm. is essentially what Love and Unity Seattle is about. Um, and what I also will begin to do soon. Now, I'm fairly new, very fairly new. So this is a great opportunity, and I appreciate you for bringing me here. Yeah. So um, what I'd like to, what I'm also going to be doing in the future is hosting fashion shows and fundraising events, mm-hmm. so that at every event we will have food. Mm-hmm. I am a foodie. <laughs> I love to eat. I am mm. from Philadelphia, home of the cheesesteaks. <laughs> so I love to eat. And we, sh- t- you know, honestly, around the dinner table is a lot of times how families get to know one another in a deeper way. Okay, mm-hmm. mom and dad are working, perhaps, or mom is a homemaker, but then the children go to school. Some of them are homeschooled, thank goodness, mm-hmm. um, or thank God for that. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, you know, a lot of times the time to come together is around the dinner table yes. mm-hmm. to discuss and get to know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I am promoting in love and unity. Yes. Uh-huh. The um and sharing of the love, sharing mm-hmm. of the unity. Um and, and right now I'm working with a young man. Oh, we have multicultural mm-hmm. workshops as well, which I'm about to bring up. A young man named Mr. Um Hashimi. Mm-hmm. He would love to host and show slides and do his thing there. Mm-hmm. Um uh, a workshop that will express the good. Mm-hmm. In Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and um, he said, "I have a I have a presentation. Mm-hmm. I'd like to share recipes mm-hmm. and just let people know what you know the the positive of the Af- you know Afghanistan mm-hmm. culture is." Yeah, and I thought that was so beautiful, yeah. and so bold and so courageous of him yes. because we as a people have a tendency to be so very judgmental mm. at times. And what love and unity also does is is bring people out of their um, place of shame or hiding place. Mm -hmm. We just want to um, essentially culture ourselves with everyone because all of us have a culture. Mm -hmm. You know, businesses have their culture. Mm -hmm. We have a culture, you know, in our households, you know, and and that's what I I want to uh, bring to the table. And so what I do is I let people know you know, about this initiative. And I ask them, hey, how what would you like to see? Yes. What would what do you believe you need yeah. in your community mm-hmm. so that you can be you know, you can get plugged in and you yeah. can be um even a part if that's what you so yeah. choose. Mm-hmm. Because there is room for growth. Yes. And this is something so much bigger than I am. That's yes. why it's kind of hard to really pinpoint and put my hands, you know, right there on the the button to say, this is it. Yes. Because it's everything. Love and unity is everything. And, and Seattle is there because it starts here. This is, yeah. These are my stomping, stomping grounds, the yeah, Seattle yeah. metropolitan area. Yeah. You know, I love that because you're bringing sort of that message uh, of love uh, to a place that, you know, I, I spent most of my adult life living in apartments, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, with my, even with my kids now. And so, uh, you know, we, we have that clubhouse, right, that can mm-hmm. get used as a multi-purpose room. I think that's great that you're going to be able to, to bring so many different families and cultures together because you know that is that is definitely something that especially as we're coming out of uh, you know this post pandemic time you know we're really looking forward to uh having more communion uh and engagement with one another so yeah i think that's really really cool i mean um 
I'm just try- I'm just thinking through all the ways that, that that can kind of unfold, especially when it comes to things of of culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many different ways um, are, are we engaging in uh, different foods around us or different things? That's a, just just a unifying way that we can all just come together and, and have a meal together. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you just as yes. we continue our conversation. Uh, you came here to, to the Seattle area. What's one of the greatest challenges uh, to fellowship and connection that you've seen just in your time here in Seattle and how do you think people can overcome that? So, yes, again, love and unity. Seattle is all about faith, food, fun, and fellowship. And essentially, the biggest challenge is to sometimes it's just simply to communicate with a person. I find that a lot of people tend to be very closed off especially since the pandemic has come. You know, it really brought people to a place of, uh, uh, how do you say, isolation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the biggest word I can use. People, uh, on top of people being pretty private out here anyway, um, a lot of people have become really antisocial and closed in. Mm-hmm. So to... Uh, Express this to people, it's kind of like, hmm, okay, faith, fun, fellowship, and food, okay. <laughs> you know, because they're like, hmm. yeah, they, they kind of un- don't believe, Yeah, you know? They don't believe that yeah. there could be fun. I mean, a lot of times it's rainy, it's overcast, and this is a place where there's a lot of depression. Mm-hmm. People, A lot of people are depressed. A lot of people are... Like I said, shut in. Mm-hmm. And um, being in a place where you're promoting all of this, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Eeyore. Sure, <laughs> A little sure, bit yeah. sometimes. So <laughs> I say that's the greatest challenge. But a lot of times, yeah. you know, you if you speak more to people, you can, you just continue to yes. persevere. And you continue to, hey, n- knock on their door or, yes. or tap their shoulder again. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I'd still like to fellowship with you. I'd still like to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Then they tend to feel like, okay, well, maybe you are serious. Yeah. They don't take a lot serious sure. uh, out here, yeah. especially when it comes to community mm-hmm. because of the judgment and the, you know, differences in opinions mm-hmm. and a lot of people are more sensitive here than I've experienced in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. They can be a little they can be very uh tough skinned mm. where I'm from. And um here is a place where um people sometimes they seem like they have the tough skin mm-hmm. but really they're just as gentle and soft as a kitten. Mm. And they have to put the facade up. Sure. And then if you, you know, touch the push the right button, then they want to go running, yeah. you know, to their hiding place. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I find is a challenge sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's it's a loving presence, I think, that can overcome that, you mm-hmm. know. When when you are uh you know, I'm a, I'm a naturally very uh, nice person, a happy person, joyful. Mm-hmm. And so some people just don't receive that well sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. And I'm like, okay, well, you, right. you bump into somebody at the grocery store. And you're like, okay, I guess you just don't want to smile, I guess. Right. <laughs> uh, what are some ways our listeners can get plugged in to Love and Unity Seattle? Yes, thanks so much for asking. So what they can do is email me at love at love in the letter N, unity. Emerald dot city. Mm-hmm. 
send inundate my mailbox, please <laughs> and thank you. I am looking for all of your ideas, people that want to be connected. Mm-hmm. Also, you guys can certainly email me at love at love in the letter in unity emerald dot city or you can call me at four two five nine nine eight eight seven nine three again that's four two five nine nine eight eight seven nine three and um share your ideas your thoughts um, how did you like the the cat broadcast? Critique me. <laughs> I just would love to start a conversation mm-hmm. with you. That's essentially what love and unity is all about. Mm-hmm. It's about fellowship, absolute mm-hmm. fellowship. And if we can start a conversation, we can see exactly where the need is. Mm-hmm. And my thing is see a, see a need, fill a need. So um, I'm really really excited that my um, community has uh, has given me the opportunity mm-hmm. to um, simply share that love yeah. and to promote the unity there. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming in the studio today, love. It's been great to talk with you. Uh, yeah, thank thanks you. for coming in. Absolutely. Thank you. It's my pleasure. God bless you. And for you guys out there, if you want to get plugged in to a ministry that's focused on hospitality, fostering community through relationships, get in touch with Love and Unity Seattle. You can go to loveandunityemerald.city. That's love, the letter N, unityemerald.city, or call the number 425-998-8793. Again, that number is 425-998-8793. This is Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministries here at 820 AM The Word. Thanks for listening to Heart of the City. You've been listening to this 820 AM, The Word, special Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, The Word, go to thewordseattle.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.